This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. TIAA is on a mission. Why? Because 54% of Black Americans don't have enough savings to retire. So in collaboration with big name artists like Wyclef Jean, TIAA released Paper Right. New music inspiring a new financial future. With 100% of streaming sales going to a nonprofit that teaches students how to invest. Stream Paper Right now and help close the gap. This is Adam Wharton here. You're listening to the 4,000 Holes podcast. You are listening to the 4,000 Holes podcast, brought to you by the people at brfcs.com and sponsored by the lovely people at the Terrace. Welcome to a special episode of the 4,000 Holes podcast. Uh, after the news this week that HMRC has supposedly been taking a closer look at the Rovers, we're going to take a look without our blue and white uh, tinted spectacles on at the documents that have been released and what uh, issues they raise for the club. On the podcast today is Ian Herbert. His background is in finance and banking, so I was perfectly positioned to talk through and explain in simple terms what the documents do and don't mean for the club. On the 16th of January this year, BRFCS posted a Q&A style article and Ian and I are here to talk through that article with you today. If there's anything else once we've finished that you'd like to know, then head on over to the forums. You'll be able to find a link to that in the podcast description and we'll try and clear it up for you. So Ian, let's get started what does the recent revelation about uh, the HMRC threat of a winding up order mean in practice? I think right now it's an interesting historical item. So let, let's put winding up petitions in context first of all. If you've lent money to a business or if you are supplying goods to a business and they haven't paid you, your redress is, is restricted, basically. You could go to, to say, the small claims court or t- take them to, to court. That would be quite expensive. And quite often, it takes too long. So sometimes what you get is suppliers threatening to issue winding up orders, and they will, they will release what's called a, a petition, a winding up petition. And it's basically a shot across the bows of the business that sort of says, you were supposed to pay us, you haven't paid us. This is this is kind of like us prodding you nicely in the ribs and saying we'd like some money. 
what has be, what has emerged this week uh, and has been all over social media is the fact that HMRC issued one of those to Rovers in April 2023. So the inference from that is that there was a payment plan in place with HMRC to make regular payments of what was due, and Rovers must have reneged on it. So HMRC, not being a secured creditor, decided to, to issue one of those to jolt the club into action. The fact that nothing has happened subsequent to that suggests that an, a new arrangement was um, arrived at or Rovers actually paid what was due. Quick question, just to clarify some of the terms that you've used there. What is a secured creditor? So a secured creditor is someone who has a, a mortgage, basically. So to put that in your in the parlance of an everyday person, if you've got a mortgage and the bank has a charge over your house, then the bank is a secured creditor. So they've lent you some money, but they've got security yeah. over it. If okay. you're an unsecured creditor, then you are just basically providing funding for that business. So suppliers to the football club would be unsecured creditors. They're providing, some, they're providing goods and services, issue an invoice, payable within 30 days. Until that invoice is paid, they're an unsecured creditor. So if, that yeah. pay, if payment is not made, there's not as much redress or not as much leverage that they've got as, say, the bank would have because the bank has a mortgage and could potentially uh, threaten to repossess the property, that kind of yeah. thing. I think in... A lot of fans will recognise Southend United, won't they, as being the the common uh, example that gets brought up of these kind of things in the footballing world. Yeah, Ron, Ron Martin at Southend United is something of, um, <laughs> I was going to say figure of ridicule, but I think his no, no, notoriety is probably more appropriate. He's mentioned all the time on the Price of Football podcast um, as someone who takes things to the absolute brink and waits until his companies are about to be struck off at company's house before either lodging the documentation that's due or making payments. So they're, they're, they're very much a, a club that deals right on the edges of, of what's sort of like legal kind of thing. Uh, and they are supposedly the record holders by having, I think it's more than 30 winding up orders uh, issued against them. So Rovers are not quite in that league yet. But clearly, any club that is having something like that issued against them suggests that something's gone awry. The more yeah. frequently and the more suppliers that would do that, the bigger the concern. And do we know why Rovers apparently didn't make these payments? We don't know for sure. Uh, and, I, and I think that that's the, the, the bit where we've got to be somewhat wary of speculation. So a lot of things happened last summer, um, most notably this this new tax law that came into India or was due to come in, I think, in September or October. And there was a lot of speculation, a lot of rumour at the time that that would affect the amount of money coming from India and people were very ingeniously coming up with wizard wheezes as to how they could get around that. But also, if you, if you go back to the summer, uh, Steve Waggett did a, a fairly lengthy interview with Radio Lanks, I think with Andy Bayes, at Radio Lanks, and he was making great play about the fact that all the bills had been paid on time, and we, of course we got this new superb bus, which it later turned out was leased, not bought, of course. Uh, and in retrospect, you can now see what he was getting at. So obviously this thing had, had bubbled around in April and May, and there was some concern that 
Rovers perhaps couldn't meet all of their obligations. And he was at pains to point out in that interview that they had now. So that suggests that, again, a new arrangement had been arrived at with HMRC and everybody was now happy. But simply put, if you're not paying your bills, it's because the money that you expected to come in hasn't come in for whatever reason, or your expenses have been higher and you've had to to put money elsewhere. So it it suggests that there was a cash flow issue. It might have been a temporary thing. It might have been caused by India. It might simply have been that we just didn't get as much revenue in as was planned without knowing, without being close to the Rovers' Mm. finance team it's it's really speculation you mentioned the new laws over in india um how's that affected the the cash flow that the owners put in well this new tax law seems to have been a bit of a red herring i think a few people latched onto it uh, worried that that would stop money coming over but events overtook us so I think we need to go back to <laughs> when Venkis first took over Rovers and decided to buy Gary Neville's house in Bolton. So when they when they bought that house, the intention was that would be, I think, their UK family base, so that when they came over to watch Rovers, they, they had somewhere in the vicinity. Now, what emerged, again, in the autumn of last year, and this is public record and it's mentioned in the article on brfcs.com, is that Venkis moved the money from India to the UK to buy that property, but they told the authorities that that money was being moved for purpose A when it was actually used for purpose B. Now, you might not think that that's a big deal, but apparently the Indian FEMA regulations, which is Foreign Exchange Management Act, um, you have to be absolutely specific as to what money is leaving India where it's going and what it's going to be used for. And if you are not open, honest, transparent and accurate in those submissions, you are opening yourself up to legal action. And that is what has happened to Venkis in India. So they've upset the authorities, the powers that be in India, who've said, right, if, if you're not going to sp- submit accurate returns, we're not going to let you send any more money over to the UK, basically. I'm simplifying wildly, but that, that's, that's the gist of it. Uh, and Venki sort of said, well, hang on a minute. Uh, if you don't let us do that, then all these horrible things are going to happen to our UK co- companies, our subsidiaries, and that's going to reflect badly on the Indian nation, on us as a business, and it's going to affect potential trade. Are you really, really sure you want to do this? So what the court then provided was an exceptions process whereby you could effectively send a big Excel spreadsheet to the court that says over the next three months... These are the liabilities that are falling due. If we don't send money, then literally we're going to not be able to pay the utility bills. We're not going to be able to pay the salaries and it's going to cause a great stink. So the court, I think just before Christmas, agreed to an exception. And from memory, something like 11 or 11 and a half million pounds then came over from India to the UK. And that gave Rovers the working capital that they needed for the next three months. So short-term, problem solved, money's in. I think it's worth highlighting, and we call this out in the article, that that's about keeping the lights on. It is about covering the overheads. It's not about saying, oh, and here's another $10 to spend in the transfer market. What the court is essentially allowing Venkis to do is to make sure that their UK subsidiaries don't go bust due to lack of working capital. And at the end of this month... 
January 2024, we go back, or Venkis go back rather, for their second application to try and do something similar again. Now, by then, the January transfer window will have closed. Any opportunity that Rovers have to invest in that window uh, comes from money that they raise in the UK because they can't expect any money to come from India. So what does that mean? It means we've got to either free up wages so that we can bring in additional loan players or we've got to sell somebody so that we've got money in the UK bank account that can be then used for other purposes. And we've seen Lewis Travis leave, and I think it's now becoming more readily apparent as to why we're so keen to send players out like John Buckley and now Lewis Travis to free up wages to try and bring loan players in to satisfy the holes in the squad that we're experiencing. Yeah, it is. It's becoming, becoming a bit more clear from that point of view, is it? What other kind of... Um, impact does it have for the finances of the club or does that about cover it well essentially rovers in the uk trade off the back of the money they get from india so yeah. we yeah we don't we don't go anywhere near to covering our costs in the uk the crowds would have to yeah, the ground would have to sell out ticket prices would have to go up significantly for us to be in a position to do that we would have to have a much more successful commercial arm we, essentially we'd have to be in the premier league to have any yeah. hope of covering our bills without that money from from india so if there's any threat at all to any or part of that then in order to keep trading rovers have to find that money in the uk and there was a i think a, a note um, before Christmas about a company called Cross Baron Limited and it turned out that Rovers had borrowed some money <laughs> secured on the training ground uh, and the long and short of it was that the owner of Cross Baron Limited, a very small company based in Bolton, were family friends or they were known to the to the Venke family and they'd arranged that kind of like privately, almost like a private loan to tide them over. So again, things like that suggest that cash flow is incredibly tight. Mm-hmm. When the Blackburn end is closed for a League Cup tie to save money, that suggests that money is incredibly tight. Yeah, It suggests yeah, that yeah. They, they are, you know, we're not quite at the point of turning all the lights out and squeezing the tea bang out three times like we used to be in the Howard Kendall days, but... It suggests that we're you know, a period of austerity, shall we say, has has descended upon the club. You mentioned that we have to go back to the court at the end of January. Of course, it's not necessarily a given that they're going to okay the payments again this time, and they're certainly not going to say away you go and put things back to normal. So how's that? How's that going to affect us? Well, we're in the hands, we're in the whims of the the judge in the Indian court, essentially. So there's two ways of looking at this. One is optimistically. Uh, We've been through the process once. A precedent has been set. Why should should they not agree to it this time? Uh, The less optimistic way of looking at it is, well, just because they've agreed to it once, they they might want further scrutiny, they might find a hole in one of our arguments, or they might look at this massive spreadsheet and go through it line by line and say, do you really need to spend money on that? And so on and so on and so on. And the the short answer is, we don't know until it's been through the process. We don't know how much money will will come over to the UK. Uh, I would like to think that because this is the second time that we've applied, that we'll, we'll get what we ask for, and that will at least keep the lights on. But again, can't emphasize this enough, it doesn't enable them to send money over to the UK for the purchase of for players. transfers. Yeah. So There's... anything that we're going to do in the transfer market in January has to be self-funded. 
The analogy I would kind of use here is it's you've got a lad at university. It's almost like the parent saying, I'll cover your accommodation costs um, and you know, don't worry about it. We'll make sure you don't starve. I'll, I'll, you know, at the beginning of every quarter, I'll send you some money. And then yeah. you fall into financial <laughs> disrepute, shall we say, and the bank freezes your bank account. And all of a sudden, you know, your offspring at university then sort of says, hang on a minute, I'm going to have to get a job here and find some money myself because that, that yeah. money that was promised is not coming in. That's the, that's the sort of uncertainty that the club is facing at the moment. So yeah. it, must, it must be really, really tough because I suspect on a day-to-day basis they're going to have to constantly revisit cash flow projections. Um, you know, ticket sales projections are going to be super important. The Wrexham game coming up is a bonus game because you, you, know, you don't budget for cup ties. And so trying to get as many people into the ground for that as possible will be right at the top of Rover's agenda. Um, so why have they made it digital only? Well, that's a that's a discussion for another podcast on another day. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a shame that that game's on a Monday night yeah, as well, half past yeah, yeah, seven, yeah. isn't yeah. it? That's a big yeah. blow. I still think Wrexham will bring a healthy following, but clearly it's going to impact upon it, and the fact that it's live on telly will, will deter waverers. Yeah, so yeah. it's things like that. You know, the, the club will be projecting, well, how much money have we got coming in? How much do we think we're going to... Uh, raise in the next three months versus what do we know is going to be going out? How much can we free up? It, 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 it is it is like a household budget. You know, do we yeah. need to have, do we need to have the heating on full, or can we turn it down half and save some money and use that money somewhere else? Rovers are having to do the corporate equivalent of that for the next few months. I, you know, this is this is it's a series of short term decisions. There's no medium term or long term planning here. And that I think is possibly the most unsettling thing because you mm. look at what's happening on the field and it's, it's readily apparent that we are thin in terms of like experience yeah. and experienced footballers cost money, whether that's in wages for loans or fees or both. Yeah. True or false hats make you go bald. This is actually false. Maybe still skip the fedora, though. Hair loss is a genetic condition that affects two out of three men by the age of 35. Those aren't great odds. But the good news is that Keeps can help with expert, personalized care and science-backed treatments that are up to 90% effective at reducing hair loss, all without leaving the house, delivered straight to your door. Hair loss stops with Keeps. For a special offer to get started, go to keeps.com podcast. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash podcast. I think as well that in in any business you need to be able to do at least some long term planning or forecasting or budgeting or something to um to kind of align with your strategy and stuff and yeah. this is stopping us doing anything. Yeah, I've I've, ne- I've never I've never in my career worked in a business that didn't have twelve month, twenty four month, thirty six month and in some yeah. instances like five year plans. To sort of like create some bookmarks that you are you're operating within and give everybody a clear line of sight. Yeah. What we're doing at the moment is, is we're, we're tactically firefighting on, on a financial. It's, it's hand to mouth, isn't it? Basically, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and one of the one of the things that's been speculated on is is administration yeah. as an, an outcome for the club. What um, what do you think the chances of that are? Uh, well, it's it's, it's eminently possible. It, this is one for my learned friends, I think, to be perfectly honest. Administration usually arises um, when a bank has run out of patience. So in order to appoint an administrator, you, you need to have 
the ability in your security package, so in your mortgage, going back to talking about secured lending, uh, the, there's usually a clause tucked away in there that will allow the bank to appoint an administrator. So if, we've, if you as a banker have lent money to a business and you don't like the way that the business is going and you don't like the figures and you think, hang on a minute, our money's at risk here, uh, invariably in your mortgage document there'll be a clause that allows you to appoint an administrator and the administrator then takes over the running of the business and tries to come up with a workout plan, which might involve cost savings, it might involve closures, it might involve sale to a new owner. Uh, But basically, they're acting on behalf of the company that has appointed the administrator, so in that instance, the bank. Now, Rovers, according to the last audited accounts, the last ones that are available, didn't give a mortgage to the Bank of India. They guaranteed it. So that suggests that at least at that point in time, the bank wouldn't have the ability to appoint an administrator. So one potential route of administration seems to to be closed off. When the June 23 accounts come out, it'll be interesting. I'll be looking through the notes to see if that's changed. Um, But as at the latest public information, that's not the case. The other way that administrators get appointed typically is the directors of the company themselves say hang on a minute we're in the clag we're in danger of trading insolvently Uh, we can't do that because that's against the law and we'll all get disqualified and potentially open ourselves up to individual liability and so they would sort of say we've tried our best you know we put our hands up we 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 surrender uh, we'll appoint an administrator and again the administrator works that same mandate about trying to come up with a workout plan to keep the business viable so if you think about what happened to Wilco before Christmas the administrators were appointed there and they were trying to come up with buyers whether it's for individual shops individual assets and so on and so on and so on that's what administrators do so I think that the one that's closest to Rovers geographically and perhaps to our situation at the moment would have been Wigan in the last few years and the administrators ran Wigan for quite a long time. Uh, one of the downsides of that is that they tend not to do their services for free. They tend to charge quite heavy fees. So you, you're losing a lot of money out of your revenue simply to keep the administrator in situ while they find a new buyer. So it's not inconceivable that the directors in the UK say, hang on a minute, if that money doesn't come from India, uh, I'm not entirely sure how we're going to trade. But equally, they could point to the fact that, well, we've got two or three players that we know we can sell in the summer and we can make decent money on them. That will bring us money and it will keep us going. And that that could well be enough to absolve themselves from any accusations of trading insolvently. It's a really difficult one to call, but it... If money doesn't come from India, it's going to bring things to a head, whether mm. that's on the field because we'll sell all our best players or off the field because Venkis might just turn around and sort of say, this is, this is more trouble than it's worth. Find a buyer. Yeah. Let, let's get rid. Uh, so administration is a possibility. Personally, I think it's remote and clearly it's not something that we want to happen because it would result in a 10-point deduction straight off. Yeah. So it would either put us in the clag in, in the league or it would hamper us if we were relegated this season and we got the deduction next season. So it's, it's not something you particularly want to go down. It's not a route that you would pursue. But it's not inconceivable that it could happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we're we're in danger of of wandering into speculation territory here. We, we are we are on not, things not like that because we're not we're not, do, we're not so. close enough to know. As I say, what what is a matter yeah. of fact is the insolvency legislation. It certainly you know encourages directors not to, to carry on trading insolvently. Um, and personal liability can accrue if they were so to do. But, as I say, we just do not know at this point what money is going to come from India and how long that will keep the lights on and all the rest of it. But it's it's, you know, it's, it's not it's not a great state of affairs. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're, um, one final question that everybody wants to know is how concerned should we be in a... Are we in a chicken-licking situation <laughs> where the sky's falling in or are we... Um, are we not? <laughs> well, I think Where the, are we uh, on the road? Yeah. The final line in the article, again, plugging this massively on brfcs.com, if you go to the forum, the final line in there is, the judge in India holds all the aces right now. How concerned should we be? Well, probably, at least a bit. This isn't good. This, yeah, It's, it's not good that our owners uh, submitted incorrect data, and as a result of which I can't, just freely move money from India. It's not good that the political climate in India seems to be moving away from overseas investment, a bit like China did a few years ago, where it was all the rage to invest in UK football clubs and then all of a sudden it wasn't. Uh, so that's not good. That that really isn't good. Uh, the fact that you're reliant on the whims of a judge, yeah, that's not good either, frankly. Um, the results on the field at the moment aren't good. And yeah, the traditional response of the football fan in those circumstances, well, yeah, let, let's get some players in who know what they're doing and can get us out of trouble. And we can't do that, or we can yeah. only do it to a very, very limited degree. So it is it is troubling. Uh, yeah, I won't say it's a clean bill of health, but we're not in as bad a place as Reading, for instance, where the yeah. owner is basically just refusing to do anything. Yeah, uh, the, the, difference, the difference is... He he won't pay. Yes, our owners can't pay. Yes, through yes. no, well, I won't say fault of their own, but yeah. through not for the lack of trying. Let's well, say. yeah, yeah you, you can ascribe it to a fault in, in <clears throat> yes. their submission. <laughs> yeah, um, it is definitely whether, whether that was cock own. up or conspiracy is, is, yeah. is a separate conversation. And again, I don't want my learning yeah. friends involved. The facts of the matter are they didn't submit it accurately, and it, it's yeah. resulted in this exceptions process. Yeah. Whether somebody just put a tick in the wrong box or somebody thought they could get away with it, who knows? I mean, that that is yeah. rampant speculation. Yeah. But it, are we in a good place? Not no. as good, not as good as we should be. No. Are we in as bad a place as Reading? Absolutely, categorically not. Uh, but this this court case is yeah. absolutely Watch this crucial. Space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Crucial. yeah, excellent. Well, is there anything else you want to add on top of the article in that we've uh, that's come to light since, or anything that needs discussing? No, I think I think we've co- we've covered the I say we've covered the ground that's in the article. I'm just, you know, we're trying to to explain it. Uh, just so that fans have a one place that they can read and sort of that, have a common level of understanding. I think that was our yeah. uh, intention in publishing it and in, and in terms of releasing this podcast. Clear that you and I are not experts, but no. I think we can divine enough from the publicly available information to, to draw some conclusions. But everybody will have their own perspective on it. That That's the reality. Some people are intensely agitated by this and seeing as, as another example of Vinky's letting the club down. Uh, and others are, are sort of much more sanguine about it, saying, "Well, yeah, we're not reading. At least we've got owners yeah. who want to put money in." And the, yeah, the reality is always in these is there's elements of truth in in the two. Um, but 
it's yeah for John Dahl Thomason at the moment. This must be incredibly frustrating. Yes. Incredibly frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we've said before on numerous podcasts that he seems to be the most ambitious person at the club, and he's been held back from what he wants to do. Uh, whether it will work or not is a moot point, but he's definitely being held back, and yeah. we've got a very, very young and very inexperienced team out there at the moment that's, that's yeah. really struggling, and that's how it manifests itself. As ever, uh, thank you very much, Ian. Thank you. If there are any questions that uh, have been raised by the article or what we've talked about uh, this afternoon, then the place to get your answers is over on brfcs.com. There'll be a link straight through to the forum discussion on the podcast description. And we look forward to hearing from you there. Ian, thank you very much. Thanks, you. No problem. Four thousand holes, no longer just a fanzine, now a podcast too. But you know that. You're listening to it. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All you mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.